grace. That sounds like a good place to start and end. What is grace? Good question. Well, there's many ways to talk about it, to define it. Well, one of the things I'd like to share about here is specifically how grace relates to this path of sound and light that we share about here in Inner Light Ministries. This pathway that we call one of sound and light is really a pathway of loving and grace. The sound and the light that we speak of is really more that essence or frequency of that loving and grace in action. And as I shared in the meditation, it's always a movement. It is the true living essence of the divine. It's God in expression. What else do we call that? The Holy Spirit. They're all the same, really. They're just different actions, different ways of maybe talking about it. But it all boils down to what do we do with it? How do we work with it? How do we participate and allow it in our lives? Or how do we bring ourselves into it? Because sometimes it's one of us taking action. And other times it's taking a step back and receiving. So it is both a giving and a receiving. Just as in here we share the meditation is about simply loving God and allowing God to love you. That's truly the simplicity. And in that movement of loving, that action of grace is present. And grace and that movement of loving is that action by which the soul is liberated. That is a pathway that we call the sound and the light. There's all these different terminologies, such as in the East, they talk about karma, reincarnation, what goes around comes around, cause and effect. These are all actions of creation, of life and death. That's part of this world. That's part of the world of reflection and illusion. But the truth of the divine is not one of beginnings and ends. It is one of simply beingness and that movement of that beingness throughout all creation and beyond creation itself. Because the true beingness and loving that God is is just that. It is out of that loving beingness that creation came into expression. I don't want to say creation came into beingness. Creation is an expression of movement of that divine beingness, the true loving of the light and the sound of God. And so sometimes maybe it helps to maybe define it a little more, to get a little technical once in a while help give maybe a little clarity so that it might give understanding. Because in that, we can use that to support ourselves in opening and participating. And the simplest action always is meditation. And the meditation is where the action is fulfilled and where we allow ourselves to really now move into that movement of grace. Here, like we have on a board and easel here. We have a diagram we use. We talk about the different levels from the physical level, the imagination, the emotions, the mind, the unconscious, the soul, and spirit. And right here through the middle of it all, that's that pathway that we call the straight and narrow, the path to sun and light, the path of upliftment, the path of grace, the path of loving. That's the Holy Spirit. And truth, the Holy Spirit is through everything. 
It's like in outer space, all that empty space. Well, there's a presence in that. We just can't see it, but it's there. The Holy Spirit is in everything. It is through the Holy Spirit that everything exists. But there's this process of that movement or expression of loving, often referred to as the circle of life. Down here, the reincarnation thing, you know, the wheel of 84, round and around, it's a reflection of the true circle of life and spirit. His spirit creates and the creation comes back. Breathing out and breathing in. That's the breath of God. And it's that movement of spirit and that cycle in which our lives are fulfilled. The movement of spirit is fulfilled. The experience of the soul is fulfilled. And so this pathway, the straight and narrow, right up through the center. Why do we even use the word getting centered? Right up through the center of all of creation is this particular specific current. We'll refer to it as the sound current, the audible life stream or the voice of God itself. It is that direct action of grace of God's loving that is there for the soul when it is ready to return back for the fulfillment. We've been on the journey out of God and into creation, but there is a point in time for every soul when it will be ready for its journey back, to return back to the source from which it's come, back into the beingness beyond the creation itself. And so this is the journey of return. And the action of grace that we speak of here is that action of that return. It is that action of grace that as a soul opens and receives, and allows that grace to move in and through it. It liberates the soul from the attachments, the karmas of the lower creations. It is as simple as that. The soul's just been held down. Call it karmic debt, call it karmic weight. It weighs us down. I like to say karma's like gravity. It just pulls us down. So the grace is that mechanism of release of forgiveness that frees us of that gravitational pull that this magnetic polarity provides in this creation of time and space. And it is through that grace that liberates the soul. The mind cannot liberate the soul. The emotions cannot liberate the soul. Our imagination, and no matter how much we desire or wish or fantasize, cannot liberate the soul. And definitely the body cannot liberate the soul, even when it dies. Well, maybe it liberates the soul from the body, but that's about it. So the true liberation we speak of is truly liberation from all these creations, from the unconscious mind down to the physical, where the magnetic polarity resides. So the Holy Spirit walks with everybody in and through every manifestation. But this pathway of sun and light is simply there for the soul when it is ready to begin the journey home. It's not special. It's not unique. It's always been present, always will be, as long as this creation is here. Once we have had enough, once we've experienced all that we're here to experience, 
There'll be a time we'll start searching and seeking, looking for the way out. Because a part of us knows and feels we're trapped. And it causes pain. That pain, though, is just a reflection of the soul's longing now to return home to God. Yeah, that's the part that sucks down here in the physical, emotional process. But if you understand that pain is actually a significant signpost, it is often an indicator that something inside of us is beginning to seek to find a way out of the pain. And of course, the more it hurts, the more we try to get out of the pain. Often we'll turn to emotional healing, physical healing, mental healing, and that may help for a little while. And then we often will find, but there's still pain there. Well, that's because we haven't really liberated ourselves from this creation yet. So if you can understand what I'm saying here, that pain is actually a support. It motivates us to take action. And so it's finding the action you want to take that can help resolve the pain. And in here, we share about the meditation. The meditation is that action by which we can start to resolve the pain, to answer what that longing truly is inside of us. The pain is simply the experience of separation from God. That's it. All the manifestations of how that pain can be experienced can look so many different ways. But all any of it is, is that sensation of separation from God. You've heard the phrase, let pain become your friend, instead of making it your enemy. Embrace the pain, love the pain. Because that's what it takes to start healing. But the real healing is the freedom from it. And if you understand ultimately where that leads us, well, that's what we talk about here. It leads us to that inner pathway. I like to make jokes sometimes that the only real cure for everything, I used to say is death. But you know, you don't always get fully all the way to soul realm just because you die. So it's death on every level where death resides until you wake up fully to all you're doing is living, where there is no death. That's that soul transcendent experience that we're doing here. So one of the things to also be aware of and realize, well, why isn't everybody doing this? Doesn't everybody want to get out of pain? Well, maybe not everybody's in pain. A lot of people find pain pleasurable. So it's a pleasure right now. That's just saying there's more experience to have in this physical creation. It's not until we're really ready to return do we begin to seek or have a stirring where we begin to look to the spiritual. And then when we begin to look, as it's time, we will be drawn to that which is going to serve us spiritually. There's a lot that goes on that we have no idea of. But if we pay attention and observe that inner movement inside of our consciousness rather than the outer actions going on, but we begin to look inside, to pay attention, that movement inside of us, that knowing, a part of us that knows is conscious. But we direct that conscious awareness to the inner kingdom, 
And so as we do that, and that's often where people will start with meditation, is directing that focus to the inner kingdom to become psychic, to become more intuitive and sensitive, to do past life readings and future readings. Tell me my life purpose. Your life purpose is simply to be. To be what? To be everything. To be loving. It's just a journey. Every life has a purpose, but ultimately the purpose is simply, from this perspective, to awaken back to God. And that's the journey. So that journey home that we share about here, through that action of grace, and this action we call initiation, that action where we share what we call the sacred name of God, is the action of grace directly they said the Holy Spirit permeates everything. But when we're ready, and not until we're ready, are we going to get on that upwards current, that sound current of loving, that upwards flow? There's a down and out flow of spirit, a spirit moving into manifestation, and then there's an in and up flow, a spirit now returning back into the formless, or you could even say unmanifesting, dissolving, freeing, clearing, all those words we hear and use. Initiation in that sacred name is simply that action of directly now connecting with that upwards movement of grace and allowing it into your consciousness. Grace is all around us, but do we allow it in to our consciousness? It's not until we allow it in does it begin to liberate the soul from all the karmic attachments that we have in all these worlds, the mind, the emotions, imagination, and body? And here's the important key that a lot of people don't understand and that we are always attempting to share here in Interlight Ministries and anywhere else this pathway is taught. It is about the indwelling spirit, not the outdwelling, the indwelling so we have to open and receive and bring the grace in. When we receive initiation with that sacred name of God, it is now bringing the grace into our consciousness, the indwelling spirit. And it is an anchoring. It is a connection. It's a new attachment. It's attaching ourselves to the upwards flow of spirit rather than a downwards flow of spirit. You know, you see a waterfall, and we think of how cleansing and beautiful that can be. Watching it is a water up rather than a waterfall. Well, that's what this pathway is. It's an upwards movement of spirit. It's uplifting. It brings peace and joy, gratitude, loving. It's always uplifting and freeing. makes you feel good because that's its nature. That's the nature of grace. But we have to take responsibility to take action and participate with that upwards flow. And so when we use a hue or on a hue with the sacred name of God, we give an initiation, that's us beginning to take responsibility and action to work with grace directly and bring it into our consciousness so now the grace can begin to free us. Pretty simple, right? And it can sound pretty big. It is. There's nothing bigger in any 
universe. It is making that divine connection for a much higher purpose than just becoming more psychically aware. This goes way beyond any intuitions or psychic manifestations. That's why it's often called soul transcendence, where the soul transcends all these realms of outer creation and manifestation back into the unmanifest form or the formless of spirit, back to the original state, that original beingness. Or as I was joking earlier, original sin, well, back to the place of original innocence. So we like to keep things simple in here, but also be very direct and clear with what we do share here so that you understand what's going on. This pathway is often referred to as a mystical pathway, a mystery school. I like to try to demystify all of it, to try to be very direct and open and honest and clear, because I find the greater clarity I have, the easier it is for me to participate and experience and participate into that greater awakening. And so that's what we do here. We share, we give information, we do question and answer to provide clarity and understanding. But that's up to each of us to how we choose to participate, to what extent, how often, how much. Well, we'll each do it according to our own life journey. How much do we hurt? And then, how much joy do we have? Because that's the other side of it. The more I participate with that upwards movement of spirit, I find greater joy and peace. In this world, it always looks like a positive and negative. But in truth, there's just one movement of loving. And even that word loving is always the key. Probably one of the best words to choose out of all the different words that we can use to talk about that movement of spirit and grace. Seems to be the most accepted present not only in religion, but everyday life. And that's what we want this to be, an action of everyday life. Something that's not just special and unique and different, but yet something that's ordinary, part of our everyday life. So make it ordinary. Make it just part of who you are. Because in truth, that's who we are. But this is also a journey of awakening, awakening to that. But how do you approach this? How are you approaching not only this pathway, as we call it often, but really the pathway is your own life. Your life is your pathway. So in that, how can you engage with that action of the Holy Spirit in your life? It's really all the same path for all of us. But yet that path is unique to each of us and how that looks and sounds and how it unfolds. So how do you participate? How does that look? How does that sound to you? What do you want to know? What do you want to experience? Do you often find yourself distrusting what other people say, believing it to be so? Are you one who checks things out? 
that goes and has your experience so that you really know for yourself. Not against anybody else, not that you don't trust other people, but rather that you know for yourself. Because isn't it ultimately yourself that you want to trust? Probably not, because we'd rather blame somebody else when we have a problem, right? Because most people don't want to blame themselves. And there, there lies the challenge. We're always avoiding the blame, the shame. And that is the challenge, because when we do that, we're always closing doors and avoiding life rather than participating and discovering what is there for us in the experience, even the painful experience. You saw me before we started making jokes about, yep, I'm guilty. I'm always a guilty one. It's my fault no matter what. I do that for a reason. Hopefully you're getting in my jokes of real truth. Because when you stop fighting and accept what's going on is when you get free. Is when you resist and avoid it that all you do is prolong the journey, make that pain last a little bit longer, twist the knife a little bit deeper. But hey, that's how we learn. Because the more painful it gets, the more it gets our attention. And that's a big key. Pay attention. When you're willing to look at the pain as well as the pleasure is where you're going to begin to find your freedom. So a lot of this is stop avoiding the pain. Stop avoiding anything. Being willing to face it and accept it. Facing it is the first step. But at some point, we've got to move into acceptance and allow it to be whatever it is, good or bad. Just allow it to be right in front of us. Don't even think you have to do anything with it. A lot of the times, we'll judge the things that are right in front of us. We'll try to change them because it's not good, it's a problem, it hurts, it's wrong. Get rid of it. What can I do to get rid of it? So what I'm suggesting is stop trying to get rid of it. Just allow it to be and be with it in loving and acceptance. The day we stop trying to get rid of it is the day it leaves. It's also called forgiveness. Most of the time we practice forgiveness trying to get rid of it. Trying to get rid of it. Oh, I forgive that. I forgive them. Oh, I forgive myself. I'm such a schmuck. Was that forgiveness? No, you just called yourself a schmuck. That's right, I'm guilty. It again. I'm a shameful sinner. That's right, I am. I'm a shameful sinner. I'm guilty. Oh, my God, as soon as I accept I'm a shameful sinner and I'm guilty, I'm free. No way. Are you kidding me? Yep, I'm kidding you, but it's also true. Try it. Find out. If you're lucky, it'll work the very first time. If you're a little bit lucky, it'll take you a few times. If you're unlucky, it'll take you a million times. But every time you try it, there's going to be a movement, an awareness. You're going to learn something. If you pay attention, you're going to learn something. And every little bit you learn is actually the journey of your soul. Having all the experience that's here to have, did you know that's why you're here? Simply to have experience? I've had enough experience. 
That's right. That's why I'm talking about now how to finish having experience. To go back into the non-experiential because that's what the true beingness of loving is. It is non-experiential because it is beyond creation. So there's simple little tools, techniques, words we use to help us to let go, to accept and free ourselves. Because eventually we're always going to find out trying to push or make something happen doesn't work. But yet participating and taking action does work. Unfortunately, we often associate that with pushing and making happen. So how do you do without doing? Ooh, I'm going to sound like Lao Tzu in a moment. (laughs) Now there's the real mystery. And that's also where the magic happens. If you want to know how to do without doing, as Lao Tzu speaks of, this pathway, this pathway of sound and light is moving back into the neutrality, moving back into the unconditioned loving, not the conditioned love, the unconditioned loving that is free and clear. And what did I say earlier? It is always in movement. It's just the movement of loving that ushers along all of creation. And all we have to do is return back into that original essence of that movement itself. And then the doing is done. It's fulfilled. Then that's truly just the movement of loving, not an action of doing or making happen or creating, forcing or willing. This is truly how we do God's will, is to return back into that state of that movement of loving. That's all we need to do, is return into that. And all the rest, it really does take care of itself. It all unfolds. We just lose sight of it. Because in the day-to-day, minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour, we get caught up in all the details and the minutiae, and we lose sight that it's all truly just a movement of loving. We don't think it is, so we think we have to do something to push it, to make it happen, to pull back, to resist. But if all we did is surrender, surrender fully to that movement of loving, well, then that loving just moves us. That which needs to happen, happens. That which doesn't need to happen, doesn't happen. Would you like to live in grace? Constantly? Take up meditation on that sacred name. Chant throughout the day, silently or out loud, the sacred name we had asked to keep silent because it's truly an inner movement of spirit. But that is always inside of you all the time, whether your body's awake or asleep. So you can participate in it anytime you wish. It's simply remembering the action, choosing into it, focusing in that inwards and upwards movement of spirit, 
sharing your loving with God and receiving God's loving for you. And it all takes place just by simply the repetition of that sacred name. And the rest, just observe and enjoy the ride, even when it sucks. Then you'll learn even that part is an important part of the ride. And in this world, believe me, that's often a greater motivator than when things are really nice and pleasant. It helps us get our butts in gear to do the meditation so that we can anchor that grace in our consciousness, allowing it to live in us and through us, liberating our souls so that we can return back into literally the very heart of God. So grace really is the action that initiation and this pathway is really all about. And when I was a child, I would go to churches of different denominations. I would go to the synagogue, and I would hear the ministers preach about all these different aspects of Christianity and religion and spiritual practice. And one of the words that kept coming up over and over and over was the grace of God, about the grace, seek the grace, pray for the grace, the grace of the Holy Spirit. I would ask sometimes different ministers and a monsignor at the time at the Catholic Church, what is grace? Can you tell me what grace really is? And they would explain it to me according to what they had learned theologically, but it didn't make sense to me. I mean, I'm 8, 10, 12 years old, and I wasn't grasping their definition. And so I remember one day I went into my prayerful meditation state in the afternoon. I asked inside, I said, what is grace? I've heard this spoken of so much, and I've heard several definitions that do not make sense to me. What is grace? And I heard very clearly inside, life in the world is a race. Isn't that true? You're running around, you're trying to get all these things done, and it is a race against time. But the way you slow things down and bring things to peace and make things simple and easy is you invite God into everything you do. And when you bring God into the picture, you have grace. So it was very interesting because then I saw literally the word race and a capital G coming into place representing God, and you have grace. And that's where I got the whole idea of inviting God into everything I do, inviting God into every moment of my life. It's ever bring God first. Before anything that you're dealing with in the world, put the big G, the capital G, in front of it. Give it to God. Bring God into it. And life will be simple because you now have brought the loving into it. And in the loving are the answers, the solution, the understanding, the clarity, the forgiveness, everything. It's all right there. And God is the loving. So if you invite the loving in, if you invite God in to every breath, every moment, then life begins to be transformed. 
But the majority of people in the world say, no, I'll do it myself. I'll do it my way. Oftentimes we find people that are looking at this pathway and looking at initiation as a possibility for themselves. Then the statement comes up, no, you know, I can do it myself. I don't need anybody else to do it for me or to do it with me. I'll do it. And off they go. And then sometime later, maybe a year, two, five years later, they come back and go, okay, so I can't do it by myself. What do I do? The simple answer is invite God in. Just invite God into it and let God lead the way. Let God bring the answer. Let God bring the clarity. And when you take initiation, you are inviting God in. You know, who created your soul? You didn't. God did. God created your soul through the action of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the manifester. The Holy Spirit is that voice of God that went forth and manifested all of creation, including your soul. And at the very moment that the Holy Spirit created your soul, the Holy Spirit placed a part of itself with you, not in you, with you. And as you as a soul went out into the creation to experience it, the Holy Spirit went right with you and has been with you ever since that moment of your creation as soul. And it's ever right there present with you, reminding you of who you really are, of giving guidance and clarity, little hints of, you know, I think we've done this before and it hasn't worked. What about if we try something else? No, 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 I like it. I, I'm going to do it this way. This, this will work. Okay, well, just remember, I'm right here ever reminding you of another way to do it. <laughs> but that's how it is. The Holy Spirit is ever right there. But when you choose into initiation of the sacred name, you are inviting God in. You are inviting the Holy Spirit into you. So all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit isn't out here whispering and giving guidance and clarity and reminding you of who you are and giving you the loving that you're ever longing for, but you don't open to allow it in. Now you're inviting the Holy Spirit inside. And at the time of initiation, when we place our hands on your head and speak that sacred name to you, the Holy Spirit is anchored into your consciousness. It's anchored in you. And no longer is it out here reminding you, now it is inside living with you as a living presence in your soul. It created your soul, and now it has united with your soul. And in that unification, it begins to draw the soul back from which it came. That's the longing that you have inside yourself when you meditate and when you go through the day. That's the longing that keeps pulling you back inside, back into a one-pointed focus, God first and God only. That is the presence and the longing that is ever helping you to let go of the world, detach, 
detach from all these things that you think are important, that you're obsessed by and possessed by and attached to. Just let go of them and bring all that is of your loving, living essence back to center, back to the truth of who you are here at the seat of the soul. And then wake up and go home. And go home even while you're in the body. You don't have to take the last breath to go home. You can go home anytime you choose. Anytime, believe it or not. We think we are wanting to go home to God. We want to wake up. We want to see the face of God. We want to go into the realms of soul and spirit. I want it. I want it. What are you kidding? I want it. Well, if you really wanted it all that much, you would have it. But you're putting something before God. Even if you are initiated and even if God through the Holy Spirit is indwelled within you, assisting you on the journey, if you keep putting something before God, then as much as you will want it, it will always be something not quite obtainable, not quite in reach. Even though it's more than in reach, it's right here. There's nothing to reach for. There's just a matter of look up and know. Look up and live into it is that down and out gaze into the world, into the actions of the world, into the body consciousness that's in the world that keeps us from fully waking up and knowing the truth of who we are as soul and waking up to know what soul and spirit and loving truly is and to know our true home. And all it takes is daily sitting down and bringing your focus to a centered point. Bringing your awareness inward and upward to the seat of the soul and beyond. And in doing that on a regular basis, eventually, inevitably, you are going to wake up and know the truth. For some of us, it's quicker than others. I wish it would be done just like that for all of us. But often it takes days and weeks and months and believe it or not, years to truly wake up and begin to know the truth of what I'm sharing right now. Why does it take so long? Because you have ingrained yourself into this creation. You have embedded yourself into this manifestation and believed it to be real and to be true and to be a part of you and you a part of it. And you've got to let go of that. You have to let go of the illusion that you believe to be real. You have to let go enough to where you can begin to see the truth above it all and to wake up and move into that truth to live more and more into it. That's what meditation is. It's letting go of this creation and this illusion in order to see and know and live into the truth. I've said it over and over that you are the living, loving essence of the Lord. That is who you are. God took that living, loving essence 
of self and brought it down and placed it out in an action, in a movement, to go forth into this illusionary creation to experience and to go throughout all the realms of spirit and the true creation to have experience. And all that we are is the movement of God's loving, moving throughout all of God's creation to have experience so that we grow and learn and know and wake up to the truth of God. And God then knows a greater fulfillment of self and of its creation. God didn't create us to come down here and make money and have success and get all these degrees and own five cars and whatever it might be that we have in our lives. That's not what our soul's journey is about. But the world will tell you otherwise. And it has. The world measures you by this word success. How successful have you been? Do you have a successful marriage? Have you been successful in raising your children? Do you have a successful job? If you look at your bank account, does it look successful? I mean, there's all this energy that the world has given us to focus on and label ourselves with and chase after and try to complete and fulfill. And the world will tell you, oh, this will make you happy. Well, this will make you happy. Well, this is what you really want. And if any of you at all are like myself and other people that I know, you've chased after some of those things and you've even gotten some of those things. You grabbed a hold and pulled them into your life and you go, wow, I got it, I got it. Okay, now I'm still empty. Now it's lied to me. The world lied to me. It said if I had this, this degree, this amount of money, this car, this person in my life, I would be happy. I would be fulfilled. And I'm not. I still am empty. I'm still wanting. It's not until we go inside and connect to the truth. And that truth is you, the living, loving essence of the Lord. Jesus said it very clearly when he taught his disciples the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is heaven. This is where God dwells. You know, we don't have to go any further than here to wake up and know the truth of God, to know God, to be with God, to live in peace and love and joy. And yes, that's the doorway. This is the doorway into all of God's creation. But we have to get to the door in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. What did we also hear stated? Seek first God. Seek first the kingdom. And then all else shall be given unto you. Well, the all else that is given unto you is not all of this in the world. It's all of this that is of spirit. That's all that is given. You are given all the understanding and the wisdom and the peace and the joy and the loving and the light and the sound 
and the grace and everything else of God and God's creation in its fulfillment. If you want the illusion, chase after the illusion, but nobody can give you the fulfillment of the illusion because there's nothing here. It's illusion. It's not real. The fulfillment is in spirit. So seek first the kingdom. But So how do you seek? How do you seek the kingdom of heaven? Okay, I know how you seek a degree. You go to college. You go to university. You get an education. I know how you seek wealth. You go out and you work on it. You earn it. Or you print it. However you do it. Well, there are a lot of creative ways to do it. (laughs) But all of those things are of this world of illusion. And it's not real. And you could have it all and still feel empty inside. But you could have absolutely nothing in this world and be fulfilled in the greatest of joy. I learned that when I was in northern India, in Dharamsala, visiting the Dalai Lama. We were there for two weeks. Every day I would walk from his sister-in-law's house down the mountain, down to the temple where they would gather in the morning at five o'clock in the morning and begin their prayers, beginning their chants. And as I was walking down, I had noticed we first went up to the house, climbing up, and it was a climb. I mean, (laughs) we're at like 10,000 feet, and every step is a climb. So I remember going up, and I remember noticing this sheet metal up against this ledge of a cliff and didn't think much about it, and it had a piece of cloth hanging from it. I walked on up, and then the next day as I was coming down to go down, this little woman opened up a cloth, and she stepped out and watched me walk by. And she was just living joy. I mean, I had never, and I've never met anybody else like her. She was just living joy. And she just smiled at me, and you could feel the joy just filling you from her essence. And she watched me go down and Then she disappeared behind the cloth. And every day in the morning, I would see her. And so one day I asked one of the monks, I said, do you know who that is up there? I mean, why is she up at that ledge? Does she live there or what is it? Because, I mean, it was just a piece of metal up against the ledge. There was nothing there, no furniture, no, no nothing. And he said, yes, that's where she lives. She can make her way from Tibet to be as close to the Dalai Lama as she could be. And this is where she lives. And every day she comes down and she comes into his residence and she cleans. She just wants to be of service to him and be close to him. And she cleans and then she goes back up and we don't see her again until the next day. I said, do you know anything else about her? And he said, No, but we know that she lost all of her family in Tibet when the Chinese came in. We know that she has nothing in her life at all except for 
what she does here. And we know that she's a lot of joyful presence. And I said, I think that if we could find a way to be like she is, we all would not need to pray and meditate. And he said, you know what? The Dalai Lama says the same thing. He said, if I could be like her, I would not have to meditate five hours a day. And that's what he does. He meditates five hours a day. You think we're giving you a lot with two and a half? (laughs) He does it for five. So it's something to consider. Where is your joy? Where are you looking for your joy? And realize that the true teachers of the spiritual pathway have all said it. It's within. Your joy is within. Your loving is within. God is within. The kingdom is within. So don't sit and read a lot of books trying to figure it out. You're never going to figure God out. You're never going to figure out the realms of spirit. You're never going to figure it out. But go inside. Go inside and it all will come clear. What I share, what Brian shares, is not out of books. It's not out of somebody's writings and teachings and their mind. What we share is from our experience, our experience of God, our experience of loving, and our experience of the true creation. And I could give you so much more detail than I have ever given to you if you were ready. But you're not. I give to you those pearls that will awaken you, those essences that will stir you. I could flood your mind with all kinds of statements and truths and teachings, but it would confuse you, it would confound you, it would mislead you because it would make your mind start trying to grasp a hold of what does that mean? What is that? How? What? Where did he get that? What book is that in? I cannot tell you how many times in the past I have shared things of a bigger nature about spirit and God and the psychic and everything, only to have people come up later and say, Well, who taught you that? Well, where did you find that? What book is that in? And I go, I don't read books. I don't know. If you can find it in a book, bring it to me and let me see it because I would like to see who had that same experience. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it from a book. I'll find it. Well, good luck. (laughs) So if you really want to know the truth, go inside. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else shall be given to you. And I know that to be true. Brian knows that to be true. Brian didn't know all that he now shares until he really started going inside and meditating. Before he started meditating, it was about the outer world. It was about this and about that in the world and trying to figure out how to do the world and be a success in the world. But once he started going into meditation and truly connecting with that divine inside, all this other just flooded him, just like it flooded me. You will be given that which you need to know or to understand. 
it will be given to you. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to learn it. All you have to do is live into it. It's a lot simpler to live into the truth than to pursue it. So start living into the truth. Start seeking God first and let go of all the other. And all the other is going to rise up. If you're anything like I was, Things of the world are going to come up and try to grab a hold of you and say, "Yeah, but but we got to we got to figure this out. You've got to you've got to stay here and think about this. You know, maybe go to God and ask Him. Oh, ask Him. See if He'll give us the answer. Well, you might get a little intuition and inspiration here and there about things, but for the most part, God's going to go. Nope, that's your life in the world. You do your life and learn the lessons." But if you want to come up here and be with me for a while every day, we can do that too. And you can go back into the world with a great deal more joy and loving in your life than you have had. And so then you just have to kind of let go of those ideas and go, not right now, I'm meditating. I'm focusing on God and God first and God only, not you. Goodbye. And you just keep doing that and doing that until finally the mind comes into agreement with you and go, oh, oh, we're doing meditation now. Okay, I just saw shut up. (laughs) Well, the mind doesn't really shut up, but it'll be quieter. (laughs) It kind of whispers underneath rather (laughs) than yells at you. (laughs) Go ahead, just ask God. Just see if he'll answer something. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want grace in your life, Put the capital G before the race of your life and you'll have it. Put God first. That's why I always say God first and God only. I say it that way because if I say capital G first and capital G only, it doesn't make sense except to me (laughs) because that was my experience.